Hi, I'm Joe Lynch, director of such cinematic classics as Wrong Turn 2, Knights of Badastum, Everly, and of course the new film, Mayhem. And when I'm not masturbating to Sasquatch porn, I'm listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Ooh, it feels so good. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that is always wary of being once bitten and twice shy babe my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode shark timber continues as we wade into the waters of italy and dive into 1981's great white my 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 <laughs> and whether you've gone windsurfing or not you can listen into our show simply search for nightmare junkhead wherever podcasts are played hit subscribe and when we drop our latest episode we'll download directly to your listening device of choice all up in your giant puppet hole <laughs> and i guess we're technically puppeteering yes out on social media uh we're on twitter mm-hmm. i'm gonna call it twitter yep uh, we're, you can find us there on Nightmare Junk, and of course, we're on Facebook. Uh, you can find us at Nightmare Junkhead, and it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and aquatic shenanigans. And as this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, September 8th, uh, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, mm-hmm. head on over to screenland.com. Where they will have your practical puppet shenanigans yes. taken care of indoors, outdoors, and possibly virtually. And more importantly, go to the Friday Night Fright tab. Yes. And you will see the Friday this episode is releasing, not <laughs> bells in the background. They'll never, it'll never pick up on right? the microphone. But it's so adorable and cute. It's, it's nature is healing. Right. Find, it, it finds a way. Right. But the Friday this episode is releasing, our latest Friday Night Fright, is going to be a first time viewing for me. It's from a filmmaker who we've actually covered his material before on the main feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Zemeckis, we talked Death Becomes Her, mm-hmm. which was a first-time viewing for me as well. Which is great. Wonderful. Yeah. And so to see him go kind of the horror-thriller route. See, this is the Zemeckis blind spot for me, and I love me some Zemeckis. So it's a first-timer for you, too? Yeah. So please come and join us for What Lies Beneath. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Number one, love Harrison Ford. Right. Number two. I love Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. I mean, come on. It's Selena Kyle. But then I understand there's a number of other people involved that ideally will have those Rick Dalton-esque moments. I mean, I honestly, right until like about maybe a couple of months ago, I didn't realize there was a Robert Zemeckis jam. And I'm like, holy shit. Well, it was so funny. That's why I think last week it took me a second. I was like, wait, who who directed that? And it's like, oh, yeah. I didn't know it was going to be funny. Now... From a film that's going to be a first-time viewing mm-hmm. to next Friday Night's Fright, which is a film that is infamous for its inclusion in a certain Dismember the Alamo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in fact, I think we said something to the effect of the uh, thrill of the hunt. The taste of the shunt. You never forget your first shunting. Oh. <laughs> Come be a part of society right? before society is a part of you. <laughs> From 1989, the Brian Yuzza classic, and I guarantee right now, Adrian is pissed, and he is not going to talk. He's, he's, he's having he's having the Danny in the Shining moment. Red Brom. <laughs> now we just got to figure out what shunting like Nitsnort or something like that. Don't pronounce backwards. it backwards. <laughs> Makes it ten times worse. Kandarian demon shunting. But yeah, no. If you've never seen that, number one. To see it in the theater for your first time was phenomenal. But as we you might, say, we might have to do some sleepaway camp esque peripheries. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very worthy of yeah, peripheral viewing. Yeah, but you never forget your first shunting. So Mm-mm. if it's a first time, dress nice. Yes, the the first couple of rows might get goopy. It's the Gallagher zone. <laughs> now, should we bring out the beaded curtains for society? It's not. It's not sleazy. I but, mean, there's you know there's what it creep- is. And it's in the t- it's in the title sequence. It is surreal, you know, uh, special effects by Screaming Mad George. Mm-hmm. I say we sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I think so. I think to, so. To, to let people know that there's going to be some ick. Something is going to because there's some know. ick. There's a lot of ick in that movie. A lot of ick. A lot of what the fuck and a lot of ick. 
we're gonna have a good time. Yeah, we are guaranteed. Yeah, you know, we again, are. You never forget your first shunting. Mm-mm. Now, the other repertory screenings that are happening on the weekend of the eighth, and there are a number of them. In fact, on Monday, uh, Anime Society is playing a little film called Spirited Away. Ooh, okay. There you go. That movie's slick. Another one, I, I guarantee. Dude, Spirited Away is great. That's gonna sell out. I guarantee it. What? I guarantee it. Well, and Derek and them are bringing in definitely the big of, guns. Well, and much like we have with Friday Night Frights, you know, they have a number of regulars there, mm-hmm. and I really need to start getting out there because these are movies that I know I would enjoy, but I'm still so intimidated by anime. The great thing about movies like Spirited Away and some of the other. I don't want to say user friendly, but they're very entry gateway. I mean, they're great ones because they're just a great movie in general. And it's like a good entry to the, again, the broader world, thus leading you into whatever subgenre. Now I'm sounding like an expert. I am nowhere near an expert. Cause they're like, like when we went to the game con yeah. and I, Hey, this is, this is, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I have no clue, <laughs> but I know that there's not a lot of anime that I do like. And I know of some of the ones that I should like. Ones that I shouldn't like, you know? So, like, I'm aware of such things. And I appreciate, but but definitely Spirit Away. Yeah. Definitely one worth your time. It is, it's a proper good movie. I mean, proper good. Well, and another one that I know is proper good because I have seen it. And, you know, anytime we can throw uh, David Lynch into the, into Make the show. Make it bigger and weirder. And if you want to go big and weird, go back to our Blue Velvet episode. Do, do you remember the context of recording that episode, Genius? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. What happened during we that We had one? your friends in that were listening in and on us when we were recording. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> of, all the, of all the films for them to listen. Well, hey, you know what? It's a good thing that there was that language barrier, though. <laughs> because, like... They just knew we were enjoying ourselves. But that good one time. guy looked a little awkward and a little just uncomfortable. Yeah. And that was me. <laughs> but no, I enjoyed Mulholland Drive. Uh, it is one of those films that really kind of launched. I'm over there. Don't you fucking look at me. <laughs> over and over again. Because it's Blue Velvet. Right. It's right. going to come up. <laughs> oh, my God. That was awkward. That was awkward. And honestly, Mulholland very, Drive Lynchian. can be a little awkward it's as well. It's very Lynchian. It's Lynch, yes. You know what? We go brand. for the William Castle experience. You know, <laughs> next thing you know, things get awkward when we're talking about Wes Anderson films. And like, I mean, it happens. That's why we stick with horror. Like, we know we know what to look for. But that's why I love his films so much is they do just bring out so many different and conflicting emotions. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's wonderful. He's wonderful. Another one that's an I've seen that for me. And it's one that was started by Kubrick. Mm-hmm. And finished by Spielberg. Okay, so I've been watching this on one of my stories, and they're talking <laughs> about it, and on my my YouTube stories. And at first, I dismissed it because, like, I'm not the biggest Kubrick fan. I'm not mm-hmm. an apologist by any means necessary, but I like some of his films, a lot of his films, actually, to a, up to a point. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a point where a lot of his films just lose me instantaneously. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but up until that point. So anyway, I heard that like. Everybody's saying like, oh, man, this movie, you can definitely tell who's Spielberg and who's Kubrick because the Kubrick shit is real dark and it's real goofy and all the Kubrick shit is real family. I mean, the Spielberg stuff is real family friendly. And somebody was talking about on my stories on there like, actually, the uh, dark parts, all the dark and evil elements and the stuff that makes it grim fairy tales was Spielberg's doing. And like... He really wanted to work, and Kubrick really wanted to make the more heart, and this was his like find like tale of hope and humanity, and they worked on this together like close, like for like ten years right. or something like that. And so I always dismiss this as this like okay, cool, whatever, you know. But I'm really interested in seeing it now, and I think it would be interesting to see it in the theater is because it's a Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, his movies are theatrical experiences. And it's a Kubrick movie, which means it's going to be memorable. And it's got a number of character actors, yeah. including a young Haley Joel Osment. Right. At kind of the height of his powers. Mm-hmm. back in the, And honestly, him showing up in like What We Do in the Shadows, he's doing very well as an adult. Did you ever see him in that show, uh, Future Man? I have not. I have not. It's it's ours. Uh, Josh Hutcherson. I fucking love Josh Hutcherson. And uh, this is one of your many shows, is it not? Yeah, and he, he plays a janitor that just goes around through time. It's great. I, I can dig it. Yeah. I can dig it. Now, 
oh my goodness, another one of my favorites uh, in terms of the Coen brothers. Mm-hmm. They've got that period right post Oh Brother where they could kind of do no wrong. Right. Um, and then they kind of veered more into comedy ter- uh, territory. Uh, there's the one with Tom Hanks. Lady which, Killers? Yes, which I've... I liked it. I liked it. I people ragged on it and like saying it was bad. I enjoyed it. It gave me giggles. Have you ever seen? Did you see a serious man? I missed that one. Is that funny? I've seen that one. I. It's not funny. It's very. You know what? Darkly funny. Yeah, it's Cohen. It's Cohen funny. funny. Okay. Uh, But another one that kind of because Fargo cracked me up and like a lot of people like that's not funny and I'm like that's funny to me. Well, that's the thing. They they kind of toe that line of that dark humor where you sometimes will feel a little awkward laughing, but at the same time... I always feel awkward laughing when I have one of those belly laughs, as long, as long as I know I'm in good company, but if I'm out in the wild and I... <laughs> well, Burn After Reading gives you... I like that one. The, I it, saw that one in the theater. And that's... There's the moments with George Clooney, number one, and when he reveals... Reveals? Very always sunny. Very always sunny. <laughs> and that's so... This wacky and weird, and seeing a uh, a pit be a goof. Oh, and he's he's a great up. goof. He's such a good goof. But then just to say what happens, his brief interaction with Clooney and the shock of it all. Unreal. I was not ready for Unreal. that. The movie took a crazy turn after that. It's dark. Yeah, it did. especially the ending. It got way dark real That's, quick. Well, I liked then, it. You know what? Dark is the theme then, because then on Saturday, outdoors, probably. The darkest of the Star Wars films. In fact, some will probably argue the the best. Empire? Empire Strikes Back. Outdoors in the parking lot. I'm actually, I think I'm going to be there for that. You had me at Star Wars. I'm not sure about outdoors, but, but we'll see. The, it, mean, it is the power, the force. But it is the dark Star the Wars. I do love the dark Star Wars. That Although, one, you know what? Here's the thing. I've always championed, and as Empire being my favorite, but like. Recently, Jedi's creeping up there. Well, I s- didn't see Empire in the theater, but I did see Jedi in the theater at the old Glenwood, the, the OG Glenwood. Uh, original release? OG one. Yeah, from uh, 83 and 80, 81 or 83 whenever it came out. But I don't know. There's just something about the the just the tragedy. You know, you know, Luke loses his hand. Yeah. Finds the patronage, the the famili- familiar, the the patrofamilias. And goddamn paterfamilias. And then Han's frozen in carbonite. I mean, it ends It's a dour such, ending. It really is. Yeah, it's very cool. Very Mistian. But, man, the last bit, though, when the Han and Leia thing kicks in, and then oh, it tears me up. It's going to be a good time. So hopefully, indoors or outdoors, uh, you come on out and join the Screenland film family. Oh, and before we talk about the rest of the family and speaking of outdoors, remember, on September 30th, the Kansas City Horror Club oh, is having the... Yes. Double Bacon with Cheese double feature where we are showing Tremors and the original Friday the 13th, two Kevin Bacon movies, and it's only going to be $10 a car, plus if you come early, there's going to be a swap and shop with 40 vendors, all with horror-themed goodies. I know our friends Atomic Cotton are going to be there. we got some all sorts of good stuff. A number of vendors are going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun, and $10 a car load. Load them in. Yeah, May bring as many people as you can. Well, how many, have a blast. how many years has this been now? This is going to be our eighth. And so I have something big planned for the 10th. I always thinking about 10th. We actually technically have our a number of ready. things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're getting ready. I'm, gonna I'm excited. It's going to be a good I'm gonna time. I'm going to be excited. Tickets at the door, $10. Yeah. And honestly, I guarantee we're going to see some of our film family members out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. If you see me running around, if I'm not too busy, stop and say, hey. And if you don't know, if you're like, hey, I want to absolutely come introduce yourself. Come say, hey. I'll try to bring Charlie out again. Oh, great. Oh, Uncle Jay misses Charlie. And it's so funny to see her react to you. <laughs> I love that girl. She's, she's, she's a good girl. She's a good girl. Uh, but yeah, we actually have our own little collection of pallies over at Patreon. And in fact, uh, for those of you... Re- oh, re- a belly. Ah, it's all good. It is all good. But for uh, regardless of your tier, um, I promised every Friday I'd be watching a shark film mm-hmm. for the first time in lieu of Shark Timber, of course. And I started pretty classy and contemporary uh, last week with The Shallows. But oh boy, oh boy. I delved. So 1979, Genius. One of the things uh, that Fulci... Has given one of the many things. Yeah, Lucio Fulci has given us besides eye trauma. It's a lot of eye trauma. 
is the the, the zombie meme uh-huh. of zombie versus shark. Right. You, you, everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Normies internet, know it. Exactly. But also in 1979, and also from a, an Italian great Enzo Castellari, uh, you get Franco Nero versus <laughs> a shark. <laughs> Space Jesus. And it's not as intense as Zombie versus Shark, right? But it's pretty wonderful. It's a little flick uh, from 1979 called The Shark Hunter. And I'm watching this movie, and it is very much Franco Nero playing basically kind of a space Jesus plus the dude plus the beach bum, and he's a shark hunter. Uh-huh. And he gets he gets and he gets in some some sh- shenanigans with the mob. So is so this isn't not necessarily a shitty shark movie mm-hmm. where the shark's the monster. It's more like the, the shark is on the periphery. So it's like the man who hung dong. It's like the day. It's like the day in the life of a guy who on his off time hunts sharks exactly okay and mob things happen but more importantly the score is just next level phenomenal mm-hmm. I mean, from the first note i'm like this is some really good music but at a certain point i heard a familiar phrase mm-hmm. got the weirdest bit of deja vu <sighs> And I think for any of our listeners that kind of know the show, this might also be. But let me just see how the, how you respond to this particular lick here, genius. Okay. Hey, caramba, that's a big that's, that's fucking Doom Buggy. That's Doom wow. Buggy, dude. That's one hundred percent. Come on, me for fun in my buggy. Wah, 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 wah. I had this exact same reaction. That's fucking Dune Buggy. That is Dune Buggy. Oliver <laughs> Onions all day long. All over Oliver Onions. So uh-huh. After watching and experiencing the Shark Hunter, went to the Imdaba and pulled up the composers of the film, uh, Guido and Maurizio De Angelis, mm-hmm. also known as Oliver Onions. Get the fuck out of town so it was Oliver Onions? Completely and totally. So... <laughs> Technically, I know Dune Buggy, in fact. So Walter Hill, and not Walter Hill, uh, Franco Nero, uh, Terrence Hill, and, um, oh, God, I was going to say Buck Flowers. Well, and Watch Out, We're Mad came out in 74, so they were they definitely were busy then. They were busy. So, I mean, if you're going to copy, copy from yourself, it's a good hook. Come with me for fun to my buggy. And, and on top of that, the movie itself is kind of next level bonkers mm-hmm. in the best possible way with Enzo Castellari and Franco Nero and Oliver Onions. <laughs> so technically, I guess to hear a little bit more of my thoughts, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. A um, lot of tears for your fears and actually a lot of good stuff coming up here in September. Mm-hmm. Oh, and a special shout out. Oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah. have a special shout out. Uh, this goes out to R. Allen Services. Uh, Ryan Allen is the owner and proprietor. We are not sponsored by him. He is a very, very talented HVAC guy. He did me a solid. He's a good dude. And if you need an HVAC guy and you're in the Kansas City area, give him a shout out at 816-602-6607. Or you can reach him at rallenservices.com. He's a good dude. He 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 helped me out when I was having a very bad time. And those of you in the Kansas City area, this is you know it's been the wrong couple of days to have uh, your AC go out. To say you had a bad couple of days is putting it very nicely, there, <sighs> genius. I would like to say thank you for persevering <laughs> and getting through everything because you did go through quite a bit well honestly like the, one of the main like crutches is like i could finally breathe because it was cold in my house again mm-hmm. you know i keep it at the meat as the meat locker right <laughs> but like when my house started hitting like 85 86 and i'm like ah after the day that i had so like fucking okay so Brief big behind the curtain i'm not gonna go too much into it but apparently one of my cats had a new hiding space oh boy underneath the cushions of the couch that i was not aware of and so i came home going why is it so goddamn hot after a long day of a very long hot day of work and errands and all that shenanigans i come home and i'm kind of already just dry you just wanted to come home to a nice cold house get about an hour to myself watch my stories cuddle with the cats exactly do my thing right 
come home, I'm all pissed off. Ha! Slam some stuff down, and I flop down on the couch. As soon as I flop down on the couch, I hear, apparently one of the cats had a new hiding space which is underneath the couch cushion oh, God. as the as he screamed he's running out of the couch rah, 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 and runs away oh, i already feel bad i'm like oh my goodness i go i can't find him he's afraid of me or I'm, I'm gonna leave him alone for a little bit and i'm gonna see what's going on mm-hmm. like couple, his wounds right a couple of hours later i wake up I'm like what is this on my bed i go over to my bed they one of the cats peed and there's like blood and i'm like oh my god right oh, so i'm yeah. freaking out right yeah. and i'm like ah right mm-hmm. but i couldn't take him to the vet because i had other things i had to take care of which was another story on which itself. adds to again it just adds to right. right and so finally like fortunately he's okay mm-hmm. everything's all good he's coming out he's eating everything's fine but i felt bad because i done squished my cat and it's like in the goddamn cartoons like i fucking literally had tom jerry i was i was surprised that the cat didn't come out and instead of going ow, 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 he wasn't going ow, wow 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 all accordion shaped and shit i felt terrible i'm like oh my bad father take my cat dad award away ah, right and so like oh i felt so awful i was spending more if i was to every, all the other cats i'm like you fucking get fucking kibbles i'm giving this one tuna water and some medicine like yeah well, and the only reason we're actually recording is that Things have kind of balanced backed out. Absolutely. The house got cold. The cat is okay. Yep. No more blood. No more blood. <sighs> As and of right now, everything is good. Well, knock on he wood. Ju- right. And basically, he just, like, when you get roughed up a little bit, you know, you just need a couple of days to heal. And thankfully, you know what also kind of he- is healing is not, and we weren't necessarily in the waters of Minnetonka, mm-hmm. but... The waters of Italy, right? But Shark Timber. Oh. Before that, then, but it all because like everything oh, yeah, started I'll, going yeah, better because our, it was colder in my house. All thanks to <laughs> Ryan Allen's services. So, one more plug. One more plug. Go check them out. Uh, call them at eight one six six zero two six six zero seven, and or hit them up at rallenservices.com. There you go. Again, not a sponsor, just a good dude who helped me out in a very bad spot. Appreciated. It's mm-hmm. appreciated. Eh. Oh no! Go ahead, Lake uh, Great Bike. <laughs> my 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 my. So it's actually to say, be, to it's be, good to watch. It was good to watch a shitty shark movie because yes. I love me some shitty shark movies. And for those of you again, this is your first night episode because this is always somebody's first episode. I don't mean shitty shark movies in a bad way. I just mean like you know, Jaws is the absolute best. Everything else is going to be subpar, and just because something's shitty doesn't mean it's bad quality or it's a bad film. Just lower budget or bad special effects. And when we wade into these waters, and especially wading into the waters of Italy, mm-hmm. and if anyone is familiar yeah. with genre in Italy, mm-hmm. be it seventies, eighties, nineties, pretty much probably the current day, yeah, is they lean heavily. Into that whole, the fine line of, uh, you know, an eye wink, right. an homage to, hey, it's our lawyers are on the phone. It's not stealing. You know, nobody's there like, Your Honor, we represent the... Well, well the, no, <laughs> that's, that's the beauty. There's always an exception, genius. And Somebody case, always pushes too far. Somebody's always habitual line stepper. I even wrote that in my notes. I'm like, fucking, this shark is an habitual line stepper on this. He's always like, you're talking shit. Well, I hear you talking shit. And I think it stems from, I guess maybe he's the habitual line stepper over in Italy. But again, welcome back, Enzo Castellari. Right? I have been waiting, <coughs> diving, feasting, chumming out the waters of Enzo the last with the Shark Hunter and now this particular film. He's all over the place. Castellari has just made movies. Well, and even like in 1966, he started with a few dollars for Django. So he's already mm-hmm. in Spaghetti Westerns. But he is um, responsible for the Inglorious Bastards, which Tarantino, yeah, of course, you talk about cribbing, right, and borrowing and so forth. But then also, um, <laughs> he's part of 1990, The Bronx Warriors, and Escape from the Bronx. Dude, those, the Bronx Warriors is great. Well, you you've got great. Henry Silva, you've got Mark Gregory. He's got some staples, but you understand that. They're going to borrow. They're going to heavily borrow when they go into the post apocalypse. You know, you've got Mad Max. You've got the Warriors. You've just got everything combined. You're not going to see anything new. 
You're just going to see something different. You're going to see something unique. But you're going to see, like, you know, this seems a lot, especially, like, with, especially because when you have a movie like Jaws, when it's so simple and done so well, a shark in the water going on a rampage and people trying to fucking deal with a shark. Any other movie is going to be compared to that and any other thing is going to be seen like it's cribbing, especially when they're like, okay, well, let's, we like this scene and this character too. So let's go ahead and put that in on this movie, but we'll do it ourselves and we'll do it our way. Well, you talked about, you know, the whole thing of the actual, the lawyers calling in. Universal did indeed sue this movie <laughs> and it was banned from playing in the U.S. theatrically. So it did not stand a chance because they were like, no, you Ooh, just... banned movie. This is worse than video nasties. This is forbidden fruit. This is legal nasties. <laughs> and all, it also, it's great because it's an AKA. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also known as The Last Shark. And that's probably, I believe, what it was um, pitched to outside of the U.S., but in the U.S. it was Great White. <laughs> they were like, well, we can't. Let's put it under a different name and they can't stop us that way. Your well, Honor, we represent this Universal Studios. Well, it's like when Joe Dante talked about how Spielberg watched Piranha. Yeah. And was like, no, 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 no. It's, it's like, it's cool. No, it's just, it's a parody. It's fun. But it's you, a different it, animal. I can't only imagine Spielberg and like Spinell right? watching, the, watching Great White. Like, oh, no, this is, yeah, no, this is common. Get our lawyers on the phone. <laughs> Get Bruce. Get us Bruce. And... It's funny because when we were watching the film, it was just kind of like, okay, this is their, uh, you know, for for Jaws has Ben Gardner, we had Ed Glover, mm -hmm. or Ed Glover, I believe. There's um, for Jaws, they've got the barrels. Now we got balloons we got for balloons. this one. So there's a constant. Okay, that's their reference. Just point, their enough, version. just enough to get away, barely get away with it, but. It's it's this is not quite a shark. It's a megalodon. It's huge. <laughs> it's it's enormous. Well, it's it's because they're squeezing in both Jaws and Jaws two. So you have to have a bigger shark for in two many movies. Senses. Mm -hmm. Something that's also giant is the late great Vic Morrow. Yes, which they basically playing the Quint character as portrayed by Robert Shaw in the OG Jaws, mm -hmm. but. Vic Morrow himself. He chews up the scenery, man. He's he's living life, but this accent that he was doing, I couldn't. Place you want to talk it. about the accent now? Yeah, let's or talk the about accents. The accents, because there was one. It was like sharks in the water, and I'd be in the water too. And then I'm gonna get it. And the next thing is like, and then the next scene is like, well, I don't know, Captain, but you didn't do if it is go to the throne, the go to the throne, the is the what? I say, I can't do it, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Like, what accent are you trying to do? You're doing them all. And it's all within the same speech. It's all in the same speech. And I was conf I was impressed and befuddled <laughs> at the same time. You're, you're, you had that Bronson look in, you know, 10 to Midnight, where you're just like, ah. It's not for jacking off. <laughs> but be it so, he's still chewing through the scenery in those various accents. Because he's great. He's, the he's one of those always old, been great. Old school, chussily, just. Don't give a shit. Chew up the scenery actors. Who knows what he's doing and knows what movie he's in. <laughs> um, I've watched him not too long ago with uh, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, where he plays a uh, surprise authority figure. Uh, he got started back in 1955 with Blackboard Jungle. So, I wow. Mean, yeah. So Classy he, movies. Well, And we even talked about him, of course, um, in this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness. Mm -hmm. We did talk twilight zone right and i mean you, you have to address that uh but that was just two years later when he would then star in that um but it's good to see though this but this is why we love cinema because you mm -hmm. know his kind of character actor and the, again the kind of character actors we love will always exist and will always be there with us and he had a good little run of him versus aquatic monsters number of character actors have had like that kind of run what else was he in with that was wasn't he in orca no he wasn't an orca oh, that wasn't an orca no no oh my god no if that that would be in louis i don't think they could have who, who him was that in orca then that is who am i thinking it, it is not, i thought it was vic morrow no it's not it is not vic morrow it is the dude he's got blonde hair he's actually fairly kind of famous on the side that he's big on, uh, Richard Harris. Oh, oh yeah, Mr. Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, go back to our Orca episode, uh, our very first Shark Timber. Mm -hmm. 
But the one thing that I'm not saying was missing from this film, but kind of based on the kind of film it was, we realized if it wasn't necessarily, um, if it would have been Fulci's Great White. Oh, definitely a lot of eye trauma. Not only would we have had, yeah, missing eyeballs, but we would have had uh, probably Christopher and Linda George in there. That's the one thing. I was like, this is very Linda. I'm like, I'm just waiting for Christopher George to show up. Because he, him, and him and Linda's gonna pull up on a on a pontoon or something, yelling "bastards to the shark." Well, and the movie itself opens with windsurfing, a lot of windsurfing. There is they're so getting much, ready for the regatta. There's a regatta in this film, and I guarantee when you introduce a regatta, you know something's bad is gonna happen at the regatta. So. It, I was telling you off this mic, off mic, but it was just like whenever I hear the term regatta, I always think of like fancy rich people shit and but this didn't look like rich people shit it just it, it looked like populist shit it, nothing it, wrong with populist shit but like i'm thinking like a like oh we're going to the regatta and we're going to have a fantastic time i honestly think this is just that italian exploitation take on a regatta it does i assume regatta is fancy that's probably yeah. what they could afford for fancy <laughs> well and even the fancy, just the um, the parallels between Jaws and this are obvious, but it's the little off things about it. Like when they're at the little fundraiser for the governor, where they had that guy that's in the booth with they, the guitar. They, so they had this weird, so they're like, hey, we're going to vote for him. They had like this, the one man band, no, no, the coin operated one man band booth. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, I'm like, oh, put a quarter in and listen to the machine, like some sort of weird fucking jukebox. And they go and put it in, and all of a sudden this door swings open, it's in a one man band, fucking cymbals between his knees, fucking I, playing, I was impressed. playing the whistle and the harmonica at the same time, nose flute, got fucking all sorts of violins and shit all over the place. They have cheerleaders there well but no before we get to the cheerleaders i gotta get still talk about this coin operated <laughs> the coin operated one man band booth now in the coin operated one man band booth what if it's broken or busted would it be a busted broken coin operated one man band booth and by that rationale it was a hot day at the beach and like you have the one man band in the booth and which obviously the one man band outfit itself has to be heavy and hot then he's on then he's stuck in that little booth then the booth is stuck in the sun all day long on the fucking beach. I bet that one man band booth is busted and foul. I bet it stinks. I bet <laughs> it's got the little lines coming out of it. Right. I feel bad for that one man band, but at the same time I don't because that one man band did it to himself. He woke up that day and said, I'm gonna be a one man band booth. I'm gonna be a coin operated one man band booth. Good for him. But I hope there's a fan or like he's taking regular breaks. What if there's a long line? What if the person doesn't like? There's so many questions about this one man bamboo and like the money. Where's the money? Like he's gonna just stand up to his knees in, in in quarters. Like at some point, time he won't be able to play the cymbals. I have to assume they have some sort of contraption to ca- to catch the the money. As something, but like I feel bad for this one man band guy. <laughs> you don't see a lot. Now, not to go into another one man band route, but you don't see a lot of one man bands anymore. There's, uh, I actually have seen one. This guy, his whole thing, it's called Captured by Robots. Uh huh. He's basically playing a guitar, but he has these robots that are his captors. The one robot plays the drums, another one does the keyboard, and then he controls them through a variety of things. And it's amazing. And it's one of those things where you have to just appreciate all the time taken to like program the shit, but also to make it fun to watch. So, yeah, it, it can be done, but it was just done Italian 81 style. Because people give one-man bands shit because it's corny and weird. And, well, I'll give it the weird part. There's a lot going on. You have to be very, like, know what so many wires, whistles, being timed, not mm. only in tune with your body, in tune with the music, in tune, you know, have everything, like, almost total concentration. It's almost like anxiety-inducing thinking about being a one-man band, let alone in a hot one-man band booth didn't realize the impression that made on you <laughs> first it started with just the love of the alliteration because it's a, ba- a coin operated one man band booth we literally booth. Well, i'm not going to say we workshopped it through but we kind of made our way through the wordsmith when we were watching the movie right but at the same time it's, then we get to the cheerleaders then now we get cheerleaders and they're saying oh there's sharks in the atmosphere right fucking toros 
The Tiburones. And then we get, in place of Mayor Vaughn, we get Governor-elect Wells, basically. Who... <laughs> When he's not, when he's not being and running for governor, he must be a fucking super villain because everything, either a super villain or Adam West is Batman because everything he has has his name and picture <laughs> on it. There's the Wells Mobile. He's even like Thanos. He's got the he's got the Wells Copter, right? Fucking. <clears throat> He's got the Wells TV channel, the Wells Mansion, the Wells Pool, Wells School. Ooh, he is a Bond Wells Marina in making. Everything in that town is his. He's the fucking town, and like he's he's got to run for mayor. He's worried about election. J.C. Penney is coming, coming to town because, because of, of Wells. Like seriously, Jesus ah, well, and my town, Well Town. The other thing is, <laughs> is how the amount of just spectacular facial hair. That is happening in this film. <laughs> and cowboy heads. Everybody was so wearing cowboy heads. Again, so go back to our UHF ep episode. The whole band. Not only did he have the one-man band booth, he had the cheerleader, but they had the honky-tonk western band. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they and did. then the middle lead singer of the honky-tonk western is on the steel guitar, which again is a fascinating instrument, which has its origins in not only the Appalachian Mountains, but ancient, ancient Asia. I love it. I love it. Anywho, as the steel guitar... And he's got this big fucking Ricky from Sleepaway Camp, fucking UHF rat, raccoon tail, the back feathers coming off of it, fucking glorious mountain man hat, right? And you, you couldn't help me like, God damn, look, look at, at that, that hat. The camera's walking by. It, it looked like a shark. Go deepest, darkest. My hat bum, is like bum, a bum, shark bum, 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 my God. That's what he's playing on the steel guitar. Oh. But the steel, but also in the background that they're playing the steel guitar, fucking Oliver Onions is going on playing Doom Buggy. Well, and then I don't think it was at the carnival, but then that one, the Pee Wee Herman extra that came in to be like, uh, this is what happened. Uh, the, the, the kid is missing. No, no, no. no fucking, they, <laughs> so later on, <laughs> later on in the movie, instead of the barrels, the shark bites down on a buoy that looks like a fucking pink balloon, right? And it gets stuck on his tail, so he's dragging his balloon do 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 do, -do on the water. He's like, oh no, here comes the shark! And the shark comes out, <laughs> fucking fucks up the dock for a little bit. Everybody runs in. I thought everybody bounced because everybody was looking towards the car. Apparently, no. Everybody just made sure that their cars were locked, and then they went into the marina again, right? And they're all discussing, what are we going to do? What's going to do? And all of a sudden, here comes the balloon, and this random dude comes in and goes, hey, everybody's back. He's and then everybody's like, ah! And they start screaming and running out. And I'm like, that's fucking UHF. UHF. That's 100% UHF. <laughs> I have to imagine in a perfect world, like Weird Al and all of his writing partners are big fans of this film. <laughs> I wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Al made his living off taking other people's works and making them funny. He's like these Italians. They yeah, got, right? I like the way they think. Yeah, I like the cut of their jib. <laughs> and it, this movie goes, I mean, kind of all over the place. And I will say, one of the things that was kind of a joy with it was... I kind of like Jaws is you even they really do a slow build up because I know, number one, they really had to just with budget and limitations, I would imagine. But I think by the time we get to kind of the peak escalation of the kind of the carnage, I it was kind of worth the, the build up. For yeah, me. let's go ahead and address that elephant in the room because it was both a couple of times <clears throat> where we were both like, how long is this movie? This movie seems a little bit long. OK, so and. I recently had the opportunity. I got to see uh, Jaws in the theater. I mm -hmm. uh, saw it at Screenland Theater Number One. Uh, shout out to Stephen from the Dirtbag Cinema Podcast. Great job uh, hosting. You know that movie, two hours plus, just breezes by. Mm -hmm. You Quick. Bl you blink and it's done because it's just as you say, how well crafted it is. All the things coming together, all the happy accidents, the perseverance into what is just the quintessential shark movie it's it with the yeah amazing the template then there's great white aka the last shark where 59 minutes in we had to check because we both were like you know what this movie is kind of stretching and really we're filling real in. and especially couldn't it doesn't help 
When a lot of the scenes are in slow motion. Zack Snyder as slow motion. For a long time. And at that point, I kept joking, well, it's only 87 minutes. And we we're like, well, it feels like yeah, it's we're an hour 40 yeah, at this we're, point. Yeah, we're, we're way out. We're an hour 45 in the min- movie. And, and then we're looking at this. But... As you were saying, the juice is worth the squeeze because I'm going to say on the record, this is a so bad it's good movie. I I had a blast with this film because from the get-go, with the intro of the windsurfer, doing all of his fancy moves, of which, again, and we spend a lot of time, and also another part of the, the score and soundtrack Very Oliver Onions-y. was the Yvonne Wilkins contribution. I'm checking my sound and I'm here to tell you I'm not but the day keeps the doctor away. Yeah, it sounded just like that. It was wonderful. It it added like to it. Bruno Montana from the old Sesame Street. And I will say, a nice effect though was the first time we get the shark point of view underwater. No sound. No score. Mm-hmm. And it's nice contrast when we get up above the, the water with all of that. With the olive runnings But when the moment of impact happens... And I don't know if the, the shark is loaded with something explosive on the tip of his nose. He blew the fuck out of the coat. Boom. No, numerous times. Between the surfboard, the boat. With the, the guy on it. With the guy on it. Oh, glorious. And we get it. It's so nice. We see it multiple, multiple times. Because there's, there's multiple plots going in on this movie. This movie Ooh. is... A lot of different things. It's it, They're really literally it's, trying to cram Jaws 1 and Jaws 2 in one movie. And the best way to do it is to make it as convoluted as possible. Now, like, again, this is a so bad it's good movie, but I mean that with nothing but love because this movie was a blast. The things were funny. And when we finally do see the shark and all the shenanigans, it's so goofily charming. And and the fact that it's... It's a good. It's not. It's not like googly eye monsters, but it's a. It's an interesting, cool looking, real, practical, giant ass shark. It's the practicality. It's the charm. It's the fact that actual light is bouncing off something real, and, and I. And he's swallowing people. Oh, he and as we found out, he's more of a leg man yeah, yeah. than anything. But I appreciate that practicality. I, they didn't have the ones and the zeros to work with back then. I mean, mm-hmm. it had to be somewhat real, and it is a combination of the practical animatronics, some decent stock footage that a, actually matched up pretty well with the bait scenes. I would give a hundred percent. There was a lot of stock footage, but they edited it in well, and it looked and it looked good. But was, you could definitely tell that they were like drawing a lot of stock footage. <laughs> but. There is something to be said, though, then with the- a lot of meat eating scenes too, a lot of a lot of fishing meat eating scenes, a lot of Snoopy references in there, this film. There was a lot of Snoopy references in the dialogue, in the background. In I don't know if it was sponsored by Worlds of Fun. I don't know what the fuck. The Charles. We were like, Your Honor, we represent yeah. the Charles Schultz estate. <laughs> we cease and desist, Order. <laughs> it was not. What do you have to say for yourself, Enzo? (laughs) Okay, guaranteed. A number of people listening probably did the same thing. And then there's a younger contingent going, Jesus Christ, get back on track. Right? (laughs) Fucking old-ass dated Peanuts references. (laughs) But it's all over the place. There's some Pepsi, a lot of Pepsi. No J&B. Well, maybe in the offices of Wells. It's got Wells' picture on it. Wells whiskey. (laughs) And what's funny is there's actually a scene where uh, they bring Vic Morrow out of the sea after a, a shark encounter. First thing. Takes a hit of the hooch. Exactly. He's passed out and he's like, here, drink this. And listen, it's got to be tough when you know you're playing the Quint role. Mm -hmm. It's an Italian film. You got to feel, he's got to feel a little like Rick Dalton. I got to go over and make a goddamn Italian Italian film. (laughs) But he adds what Vic Morrow adds to it, especially during his scene when he's describing. What to do with the shark? What to do if the shark attacks you? If he's going to bite you, then you have to make sure that you have him in four different places. You have to stoop him in the eye. You have to stoop him in the gut. 
And sometimes you have to get him underneath the chin. And yeah. that's when he starts exploring. Right? And I'm like, what the, the fuck? Accents. You're a fucking jazz a musician, dude. <laughs> You're a fucking... It's not the accents he's using. It's the, it's the accents he's, he's not, not using. using. He's fucking experimental jazzing and all that. Skip it. Fucking... And the equivalent and the most important thing, I think, with Jaws is the score. Without John Williams, this is a good one. We have no score. But what our our brothers did, <coughs> the Oliver Onion brothers, o- Oliver Onions here, mm-hmm. loved the equivalent because it starts with a hint of. No, but they do make it their own. They but really it it you can tell it's a Jaws theme riff, but it's. Just enough of its own to be like, man, this is kind of funky. I dig it. The thing is, I'm pretty sure this actually got a boutique vinyl release. Good. Not too long ago. We need to spread the gospel of onions. Well, that was the nice kind of Rick Dalton moment for us when that came up, and you're like, wait a minute, it's all of our onions. And the 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 number of films that they've actually composed to, it's it's intimidating. And the fact that this is a smart ass shark. A shark that can scheme? Uh-huh. A shark that causes a cave-in? Which Purposefully, is wonderful. And then adds to it? Like he's piling it on like it's the like it's the fucking cask of Amarillo or some shit <laughs> like that? Fucking Edgar Allan Shark is over there fucking locking people up. He goes around. He takes people out to sea and leaves them. And then he fucking plays with them. He ties people up. The tying of... And the- drags them to go? Yep. Loved it. He's a Loved smart it. shark. He's a fuckery. And he's always like, and he always comes like, well, what are we going to do with that goddamn shark? And he's like, hey, you're talking shit. Dun, and he dun, comes dun, up dun. and he just starts chomping away. And the chomping. And <laughs> once the chomping really kicks in, that's when I actually had, I think, my most fun with the film. Yeah. From it when starts. All the people start getting. Well, eaten. and it starts with where we do realize he is a leg man with the, um, our, it's Peter and Peter Benton, don't call me Benchley. Benchley, right? But his, his daughter, daughter, Jenny. Which we go minus a leg. Uh-huh. Which should, I almost felt bad because I I did kind of gleefully clap. I didn't necessarily let out a genius monster laugh, but... <laughs> we wanted somebody to get eaten. It was time. And, it was time for people to get eaten. Castellari films can get really violent. And like see, absurdly violent. And see, that's the thing. There was a lot of different violence. There was people getting eaten the whole time. Uh, if since the get, but we never saw anything, mm-hmm. and we never saw any blood. blood. Just people were... getting underneath the ground. I mean, underneath the water, and then gone. And I'm like, at least have like blood, you know, pop mm-hmm. up in the water. Simple effect, right? But no, move on. Another people get eaten. I'm like, where's the blood? I felt like that. Where's the beef lady? Where's the blood? Right? And so, like, I'm a naughty vampire god, but not like, not like this. And so, like. And we never really got blood until the final carnage when we actually see the shark and they put that fucking puppet to use because there was a couple of times and I'm like, when are we going to see the shark? I mean, I felt like it was poochie. I was like, where's the shark? When are we going to see the shark? Why aren't we looking at the shark? Are we seeing all this yakety smack and we're seeing a lot of shark's eye view? Mm -hmm. In fact, how did the shark get a camera on his face so the guy to the subplot C, we can see this greasy producer like, oh, this is great footage. How the fuck did you get it? Wells has his fingers and everything, even sharks with cameras on them, my friend. Yeah. That's that's what he does. And his wa- Wells water sports. <laughs> yeah, we both we both gave a side eye glance, like, yeah, that's best unexplored. <laughs> but I would even He's got say, his face on everything. But I will go as far as to say, um, going in back into the gore, uh, the fact that um with Ben Gardner we have one of the best like jump scares mm-hmm. in cinema with the reveal of the head in the orca. With this one, with Ed Glover, we get the severed arm, mm-hmm. which I liked. Also proving somewhere on that, wherever they're at, there's a new guy, his first day possibly. Because he ran out going, Bleh, right? And I like when they're like, oh, do you think a shark did it? And then like, there's a hand floating, and he goes, are you sure it wasn't an explosion? explosion? Like, what the fuck, Hogan? It doesn't look like it's an expl- explosion would have done that. Uh. Well, even when they show up with the surfboard, with, you know, no, no chainsaw in the ocean can do that. Oh, we're going to use our protective shark net and our anti-shark cage. Sh- and we're so going to protect the regatta. 
there's actually a plot point in the shark hunter where there's a protective plastic sheet that's supposed to separate people from sharks okay cool <laughs> exactly. so like 3m is gonna fucking protect me the same shit that i put the pro- yeah it'll protect my windows from a breeze but it's not gonna protect my ass uh, basically i'm just wrapped up to go like i'm a fucking cheese slice for a shark and <laughs> for not i'm not gonna be but somebody put with their stupid fucking plastic shark proof plastic that's some florida well, shit sorry florida but you know it's true well and it's also you true. know somebody you know all my florida listeners you know of somebody that would do that like oh i'll be protected i got this fucking three three sheets of plastic it's not going to protect me from sharks or gators is it bad that i don't live in florida and i possibly know someone like that we all know it exactly i know someone like that we might be thinking of the same dude. <laughs> now someone's obscenely paranoid right now. <laughs> but we go from uh, the, the the severed arm to the the basically the daughter missing a leg to a variety then of leg chomps getting eaten. The regatta in half at that regatta. <laughs> and then okay, we're jumping all over the place because maybe about twenty minutes left. We're introduced to a couple of new characters. A mi- an hour fifteen in, and this character has such an introduction <laughs> where he is rocking. He's got the Tennessee tuxedo, dude. Ooh, He's and, got denim head to toe, and that, and also a hat, and a big hat with a lot of feathers. And there was feathers on his denim jacket. On the back of his the jacket. back patch was a fucking bird with fucking feathers on it. Real fucking feathers. And then he comes in and he's some sort of assassin. I ain't afraid of no fish. Shark comes up. I hear you talking shit. Drags him out to sea and then starts and chomping away at people. Chomping away. And when, when he gets his and we had to wonder, what does the denim do for the shark? Is it much like, like a candy wrapper? Right. In a way that can't actually be a good thing. There's a reason why they probably love us that we are wearing bathing suits like the denim <laughs> introducing probably to like even its digestive system probably has sucks. to do something because you know it's like roughage the, exactly maybe it just clean out your pipes it's like the fucking because <laughs> you know it's fiber it's frosted shirted mini weeds it's just gonna it's basically fair. just roof, rub it on it's raisin bran but no and you know you know who it was okay so yeah and his demise though when you see him he does get chomped in the jaws <laughs> and the producer gets cut in half oh the sonny bono mm-hmm sonny bono dude gets chomped on and then <laughs> and then when he's going i feel bad because he ties up vic morrow and drags him out to see <laughs> oh okay hold on though but before we get to the rant there oh, is sorry spoilers oh no not even that <laughs> We have the the Wells copter, the Wells chopter uh-huh. versus the shark. Yes, the fi- the, sh- the hella fishing. Yes, and we get our our governor to be uh, just because he feels guilty that because it, it was his boy. Yeah, it was it was the nonverbal William Zabka that was like <laughs> that took the boat with all of like everybody's the oceanographer's daughter. Who was that dude? He wasn't the sheriff. Like not the Vic Morrow dude, but our main dude. Yeah, Peter Benton. He wasn't. He was just a writer. He's just part of the community, man of town. Okay, so they're like, so he takes his daughter and they go out, and they Jenny's the one that loses the leg, and so like he feels bad, and he's like, later on the dad berates him, slaps him around, doesn't say nothing. I'm like, dude, you're emotional. (laughs) This is your great. I can't wait for you to get eaten by a shark. (laughs) Fucking driftwood. And damn. That's some pretty grand stuff mm-hmm. with his being chomped. And then, of course, great little model work with the helicopter. The helicopter also going down. Getting eaten by the shark as well. Great shit. Great ways to incorporate Jaws 2. Also with the teens, teens in peril. Uh, but you mentioned the ending with Vic Morrow being dragged away. There's, and listen, again, comparing to Jaws, Jaws has an amazing ending. You know, <laughs> smile, you son of a bitch. Boom, blam, wonderful. The way this works, <laughs> it's so deliciously dramatic. It's a g- slow motion as well. Right. Cool. Well, he's on after the oceanographer, the, the writer, trying to bite him in the leg, right? And he's over there like, 
Uh, you know, kind of a leg bander myself. As he's established and, himself. And he's like, you know, the daughter, like, was pretty good. I wonder if Tate runs in the family. Uh, maybe not anymore. <laughs> and so, like, the shark just, just habitual lines to have talking shit. It would be on brand. <laughs> and then, so he basically shoves his friend out because he's got, he put, okay. Oh, the, the dynamite. <laughs> They're going diving for the shark. This is before the cave-in. Okay, this is how they got out of the cave-in. But they're going in and then diving, right? And so we see a shot of Vic Morrow in his scuba pants and his tank top, right? And I'm like, okay. But he's putting the C4 in this pouch. And the way he's leaned up on the dock with his leg up in the air, it really looked. And it was the same material that a scuba thing is. It was really like he was putting the C4 in his crotch. And I'm like, Fuck that noise. I mean, first of all, you're not going to find me scuba diving. Second of all, you're not going to find me with fucking C4 up my taint. I'm not going to blow up my hooch with my gooch because of your because uh, you want to go fight fight a shark. Fuck off. I assumed he was just trying to impress the lady. Maybe just you know, uh, packing a little. Look at that. My huh? You want to get a, You want to go bang? <laughs> it's awful. Awful. But no, it literally the way I'll it was shot. Oh no, it's. We had a moment. It was nice. It was nice. And that's the thing. This was a movie best kind of, I think, experienced at home. And just go knowing, like I'm saying, it, I'm saying it's a bad shark movie in the best way possible. It's a bad shark. It's a bad shark movie, but it's a fun. It's, 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 it's copied in earnest. They really wanted to make something where like, they, there's gory. They wanted to make Jaws. They wanted to entertain. With the, with Yes. That's the one thing I like about Italian the in- ripoffs. The they the want good. they want to entertain. Yeah, it's a cash grab, but at the same time, let's make an entertaining cash grab. Let's make the best cash grab we can do. And were you not entertained? I was highly entertained. Highly entertained. And the I think the peak entertainment for me was the ending, because in in lieu of smile, you son of a bitch. Damn you. Kaboom. And, and not only is it a damn you, as he jumps off the little bit that he's on, midair, he then activates the dynamite. So dramatic and wonderful. And then the explosion happens with said great white. Pretty spectacular. Yeah, that puppet was blown the fuck up, and it was great. It's everything I was kind of expecting. It looked like those little dinosaurs, those little sharks that you put in water and they grow up big, and then they just explode. The net itself kind of gave that kind of appearance that was the weird net the the net wasn't moving but the shark was (laughs) it's like in the Hanna-Barbera cartoons when somebody's wearing like a plaid tux and they need to walk through and like everything is them moving but it's that's that always weirded me out that always weirded me out uncanny valley back in the day Mm -hmm. well there's no uncanny valley on this side beyond something practical and charming Mm -hmm. and but a hopeful, kind of wonderful ending at the end of Jaws, where you've got Hooper and Brody, you know, paddling back to the shore. That's battling. This one, not so much. Right. It ends dourly. The fact that you know he had to, you know, say he had to sacrifice his friend to save everyone. His daughter is minus a leg. So it's it's definitely dour. It's it ends with the kind of a sad theme. It, almost buddies. like not quite incredible hope <laughs> but it's just all the survivors gathering into a car but the guy okay so yeah the producer was a dick and he sent the, his dude to die but fucking the peter beachley didn't know so he didn't really deserve the punch, the punch. there wasn't really that in much interaction it was like cathar- it was cathartic false for cathar- uh, it was catharsis. false cathartic because i'm like yeah he deserved his comeuppance well like but the- like there was really no inter- it doesn't make sense for him to yeah he was like hey you gotta say son being a dick reporter right but that's not enough for that like emotional yeah well, it's like in leviathan Right. When uh, Peter uh, Weller punches Meg, Meg Foster. Meg Foster, exactly. Yeah. Or like Cobra, when he punches that... Uh, uh, that Larry Robinson. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Frank, right? Call so, him the Cobra. Exactly. That There's that cathartic. It wasn't there. I mean, it was a nice punch, and yeah, that dude Why deserved it. Why did we but... never get a Sylvester Stallone shark movie? He would have been perfect in some sort of a Jaws-esque shark ripoff film. You probably felt it was beneath him. Probably. Yeah, I'm not going to do some shitty shark movie from Italy. I got something better to do. Stop it, my mama shoot. 
You, you know how that film came around, right? Oh, yeah, because so, he got pranked by fucking Swaz. The Swaz. The Swaz <laughs> fucked him up. That's great. Because the Swaz is the shit. Oh, my goodness. Well, I this one has definitely been on my radar for quite some time. This was fun. This was, and I think after Shark Exploitation, the documentary, kind of staving the course that we're looking at, mm-hmm. this was definitely a good way to start just, you know, going directly from Jaws. Now, that being said, the waters that we're going into the rest of the way, I know definitely first-timers, a lot of them. Um, Classics. I'm, I'm, I'm introducing you into yes, classics you of the shitty shark cinema Going world. deeper into the waters. Yeah. You're going to... I'm Uncharted. This is head first for you. Oh, boy. But this is like... Okay. This is like... We'll I know. ease you into this. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. No, this... But this was has been a blast. So until the next time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. I'm going to go put some C4 where the sun goes shine. Oh.